That was so cool. I'm really, really proud of these guys. Like, they're not my kids. But man, I'm proud of you. Like, I'm so stoked that our little girl is growing up in this, in this Sunday school um, with such cool kids. Like, you're awesome. And Andrea, what a legend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I've got a bit of beef with you, Andrea. You've stolen my talk, basically. So we work together, but we don't really talk much about things that matter, like what we're going to talk about on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we talk about coffee and chocolates. Uh, actually, I, I need to repent, um, but last week I, I said a few inappropriate things about peppermint chocolate, <laughs> and some of you might have been a bit offended by it, and then, you know, I had a few conversations afterwards, and I had to humble myself, and, uh, and somebody said, well, you know, what about after dinner mints? I said, yeah, they're pretty good, they are pretty good. <laughs> And I, I think I mentioned that lint peppermint chocolate, you know, those lint balls, the peppermint ones, they're good too. So there is, some, there is a bit of room for peppermint and chocolate, okay, so don't get me wrong. If that's what you got me for Christmas, then, um, you know, they say don't look, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, even if it's peppermint chocolate. I'd say thank you, and I would swap it with Tessa for something else. But, um, but yeah, just so, just so stoked to be here this morning, so stoked that we're, we can come all together as a family, so stoked that there's, uh, that there's uh, people here that I don't recognise, so welcome this morning, I um, hope you have a, have a fun time, and I'm so stoked because I've seen what's in the kitchen for afterwards, so I'm going to talk, 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 make you really, really hungry, um, uh, and when I, when I got up this morning, like I've, I really felt um, the Lord impress on me, um, bring to mind Isaiah 60 where it says, uh, Arise, shine, arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And I feel like this is something for now. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Like we saw that in, um, I don't know, what do you call it? A flannel panel, <laughs> like the, what do you call it, Rachel? The thing with the panels on it. Art. We saw it in the art. Like, like it says, darkness, darkness covers the earth. A thick darkness is over all these, all the people. There's bad stuff that goes on. But arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for uh, this time that we we gather. Um, we all come together. Everybody seems to come together at Christmas time, even if they don't know that it's about you, Jesus. But this morning we know, and I pray this morning as I talk that um, that uh, something of your truth gets uh, lodged in our hearts, and that the kids don't get too bored, because I've got some really good jokes. Yeah, I know. Um, oh, no. Anyway, what, what do you think about when you think about Christmas? When you think about Christmas, do you, you know, like, you got carols, done that this morning, Christmas trees, Father Christmas, Santa parade, parties. One of the first things that I think about, and it's because it's high up in my love languages, is presents. I love presents. I love being given presents, and giving presents is pretty good too. It's pretty good too. Like, there's nothing like that feeling when someone gives you a present and it's all wrapped up nice, and like that sort of that feeling of anticipation of what's inside it. Hey, Isaac, did you think that this morning? Where are you? 
Did he think? You already knew what was inside the present I gave you, eh? Yeah, you knew. Anyway, that's sort of that feeling of anticipation. And it's also, I think part of it is like, that somebody likes you enough that they're giving you a present. Like, they must think that you're all right, that you're a little bit special, and maybe, maybe they think you're pretty great. Or maybe they love you, and that's why they're giving you a present. So I think that on the surface, Christmas could really be the international day of, of presents. And if that's the case, then it really is one of the, one of the best holidays. And I think like, for the church, for Christians, for followers of Jesus all around the world, it's the same. Except, as it turns out, God doesn't really stick to the rules of giving presents. And I've got to be careful, but I've looked at the forecast and there's no lightning forecast for this morning because I don't want to be disrespectful to the creator of the universe, like the one that holds us all in the palm of our hands, the king of kings and all of that. But sometimes it seems that God is a bit like a toddler. <laughs> okay, we're all right. <laughs> we're all right. So see where I'm going to go with this. Anyway, rule number one of present giving is that it's a secret. It's a secret, God. We want it to be a surprise so that we can see the expression on their face as they unwrap the present and find out what's inside. My parents, oh no, I'll, back, I'll backtrack a bit. Father Christmas used to bring us presents. Anyway, we want to see the joy, like the joy and the, hap- and the, joy and the happiness when somebody unwraps the gift they were given to them. But toddlers, as I'm discovering, are not very good at keeping secrets. So a couple of weeks ago, I learned that this the hard way, where I had a present and I wanted to wrap it up and I didn't want Tessa to know. And, uh, and Elena wanted to come and help me. She's two and a half. She's not very good at wrapping and neither am I. But we, we kind of like managed to get this thing wrapped up. And then as soon as we get out into the kitchen, Elena goes up to Tessa and she goes, Mama, Daddy's got you a teapot. <laughs> anyway, it wasn't for Tessa, so I was okay. And Tessa couldn't understand what she was saying, um, so I was actually all right. Um, but this is why I think that God is a bit like a toddler, and why I think that Andrea stole my talk. Because at Christmas time, um, God sent us this most amazing gift, like this most amazing present, and it's all wrapped up as a baby, the gift of Jesus and his entire life, death, and resurrected life on earth and beyond. But God just can't keep it a secret. He can't keep it a secret. Like well before Jesus was born, God told all kinds of people what was coming. Like that prophecy that I've read, read about in, uh, in Isaiah 60, that's hundreds of years before Jesus turns up. And it's actually talking about Jesus, your light, the glory of the Lord. And as we've heard this morning, this angel, who heard the angel? The giant angel, it's gone. Anyway, this angel, Gabriel, turns up and has a chat to to a young unmarried woman, a virgin called Mary, and he says, Greetings, favoured woman, because he was quite a formal angel. (laughs) Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you, he said in his very best English. Confused, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Probably, you know, it was probably a bit more bit more than just confused. She was like, what the heck? Who are you? What are you doing in my bedroom? Confused and disturbed, she tried to think what the angel could mean. What are you doing in your bedroom and what are you trying to say to me? And he goes, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. David's his great, 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 great grandfather and he will reign over Israel forever his kingdom will never end and then Mary asked the angel 
but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born to you will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. So God tells Mary, this young woman, that nobody knew about, but God tells her all about this present, this gift. And the, the present is a person. And it's a really, really special person. It's the Son of God. And the Son of God's going to have this epic, never-ending kingdom. And that's pretty cool for Mary, eh? Bit scary. Bit scary, bit frightening. But she was up for it. And so then in the story in the Bible, we jump forward nine months, because nine months is how long it takes to grow a baby inside you. And once again, God goes and spills the beans. And this time it's to a bunch of shepherds. Who are the shepherds this morning? It was one of you. One of you. You, you are the shepherds. Like these shepherds, and they're out looking after the sheep. And, he, and, G, and God wants to spill the beans, and so he sends an angel, maybe it was that one there, and he goes, what we've heard before, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Like this baby that was born 2,000 years ago in 10 days really was unique. And God keeps telling people all about who this baby was and what he was going to do. And so far, we found out, one, his name is Jesus. He is great. He is the Son of the Most High. He is King, and he is an everlasting, never-ending kingdom. He is holy. He is the Son of God. He is the Savior. He is the Messiah. And, okay, Messiah is a bit of a strange word. It means the same as Christ. It's not Jesus' last name. Christ and Messiah are titles. It means he's been chosen by God, and then he's on a mission from God. And we've also learned that Jesus is the Lord, this baby. We've learned all this about him. And now, parents are usually a bit over the top about their kids, eh? Your own kids are the greatest kids who've ever lived. They're the best looking, the most intelligent, they're geniuses. I see some of your parents shaking your heads. I don't want to go there. But, but God, he's over the top about his kid, about Jesus. And it's like, like Jesus is growing up. It's like no pressure, no pressure. You've got a lot to live up to, eh? got a lot to live up to. Now, one of the things the angel said to the shepherds is, I bring you great joy. I, I, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. All people. And I, I think about this and I go, well, I can understand. I can understand it being good news for those people back then, like for Mary, for the shepherds, for the ones that Jesus you know, healed, or the ones that he gave bread and fish to, or the ones he, uh, I think especially the ones that he gave um, his wine to. That must have been a pretty good drop. You can understand it being good news for those guys, but what about all people? All people, that, including us. Why is it good news for us? So we jump forward in time a little bit, and there's, there's another book in the New Testament that this, the Apostle Paul wrote. He wrote it to the church in Rome, which is in Italy. I looked it up. And it's about 50 years, about 50 years after Jesus was born. Uh, Jesus, he'd, he'd already been and gone. He'd already been and gone. He'd healed people. He'd done miracles. He'd taught amazing and really exciting deep truths about God and about life. Jesus had been really, really popular. People had followed, all him, followed him all around, but he'd been really, really unpopular too. He'd been so unpopular that he'd been arrested. 
He'd been put to death on a cross, but then the power of Jesus, the power of God, meant that he rose from the dead. And after he'd risen from the dead, he'd hung out with his friends for a few weeks, had barbecues and things like that. And then he ascended to heaven, where Jesus is with the Father right now. But amazing things continued to happen, even after Jesus was not, even though Jesus wasn't there in the flesh. Because Jesus' followers, they, they continued to do this, doing the same things that Jesus had done. Miracles happened, prophecies, divine insight, amazing things. The followers of Jesus were extending this never-ending kingdom that had, been, that had been promised and through the Holy Spirit that Jesus had sent upon him. So anyway, back to the story. Paul had written this letter to the Romans, 50 years, right? 50 years after Jesus' birthday. Paul had, by now, he had a pretty good understanding of what Jesus, of who Jesus was, who Jesus is, and what Jesus' life on earth was all about. And Paul understood why, why it's not good news just for those people back then who got to taste the wine that Jesus made. That's why, why it's good news for, for everybody, for the Romans and for us 2,000 years later. Paul understood that it wasn't just good news for then, but the very, very best news for all time. For Sunday morning at CV on the 15th of December, 2019. And in Romans chapter 5, it's really cool. Paul ticks off these four words that we've been connecting with Christmas this morning and over the last uh, four weeks. First up, peace. Peace. Paul says that since we can be made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because what Jesus has done for us. We've all stuffed up. Some of you more than others. Rose. Noses. Yep, you stuffed up. Anyway, um, but we can have peace with God because of that. I mean, not because of that. We can have peace with God because of Jesus. We all do things that the Bible says is sin, like lying, like stealing. Yes, I've done that. Yes, I've done that. Hating others. Yeah, I've done that. Uh, Lusting for things that aren't ours. Mm. Yep, I've done that. And so on. And all all these things, they kind of add up. They add up to, um, to opposition and conflict with God. God is perfect. God is sinless. And so when we've got sin in our lives, it kind of leads to the separation, this conflict with him. But in Jesus' death, each of us can have peace and genuine relationship with God. So peace, that's the first word. Hope. Paul says that through Jesus, we can access this incredible grace that's big enough to handle our very worst sins. We can access this place of undeserved privilege, he writes, where we can stand in God's grace and confidently hope that we'll share in God's glory. Ah, that's pretty huge. God's glory, sharing in God's glory. Now, I don't really understand this, but I was thinking about it this morning. I was going, how am I going to explain this? And like, I imagine that on Christmas Day, there's a knock on the door, knock, 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 and you open the door and there's the queen. And the queen comes in, she goes, I've come for morning tea. And she goes, I've got a present for you. And my present is this. I'm inviting you to come and share in my glory. And you go, I don't know what that means, but it sounds pretty good. Like, it doesn't mean you get to go into the Buckingham Palace. And um, the first thing that comes to mind is the toilet paper. I don't know why. Why is that? That must have been in a movie somewhere. I'm not sure. But anyway, getting to use the Queen's toilet. Okay, anyway, back to the notes. The glory of God. Sharing in the glory of God. Believing that... He is the Son of God, we share in His glory. That's, that's a big hope. That's awesome. 
Anyway, just think about that on Christmas Day. Joy. Paul says that, we, that all of this is incredibly joyful if we could just get our heads around it. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we can confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. That's good news. Paul reckons that even in hard times, even in problems, even in difficulties and trials and all sorts of bad things, someone, one of your kids was like really messed up in the video. He had a broken arm and broken head. It was you, eh? Yeah, you know. That even in places like that, we can rejoice, which means to, to feel or show great joy or delight. Man, amazing. And love, love. We love love. This, Paul, this hope, Paul writes, will not lead us to disappointment. It's not, God's not going to fail us because we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The Holy Spirit of God spreads the love of God in our hearts and in our lives. And Christmas, I was talking about this last week and I couldn't stop talking about it, but Christmas is all about the love of God. Jesus came into our world because he loves us. His mission was compelled by love. That's pretty cool. Hey, Pretty cool stuff so far. And Jesus, and Jesus, God has sent us this most incredible present, and it's the greatest gift of all. And God, like a toddler, he couldn't keep it a secret. He wanted to tell us all about it before Jesus had even been born. This free gift. It's, it's so much better than anything else that we could ever get. It's better than anything you're going to get in your Santa sack. We used to get pillowcases from Father Christmas. Yes. Anyway, it's so much better than anything. God, Jesus, it's so much better than anything you're going to get in your presence, in your under the tree, in the letterbox. Uh, it's better than anything, James. It's better than anything you can find on Trade Me. It's better than anything you can find on Amazon. It's better than anyone, anyone else. And the free gift is this: it's righteousness. Righteousness, which which means that we are made right in God's eyes. And again, it's, it's hard to unpack this, but it talks about, in, in Isaiah, it says, your good deeds, your good deeds of righteousness are actually, are actually like filthy rags. Like the best that we can do out of ourselves is actually not that good. But the free gift is righteousness. The Lord comes and he gives us this free gift, which is like putting on a, putting on a new jacket, and the new jacket is Righteousness. It's, it's good, good news. In spite of all of the wrong stuff we've done, in spite of all of the mess we've made, in spite of how we view ourselves, like we close our eyes and we go, oh, I'm not good. In spite of how we view others, through Jesus we can be made righteous. It's the free gift of righteousness. And th- because of this, we can have genuine relationship with the one and only, the, the righteous God. Instead of having a life that leads to death and separation from God, which would stink, it's not the kind of life you want. Instead of having a life that leads to death and separation from God because of our sin, we can have a life that leads to eternity and reigning with God because of righteousness. And all of this is through one man. The man whose birthday we celebrate at Christmas. It's not all about tinsel. It's not all about Christmas trees. It's not all about presents. It's not all about Jingle Bell Rock. It's about Jesus. And that's why I'm here. We're all here. Hopefully, many of us are here today to celebrate our Lord and King Jesus. It's the reason why this church is here. And it's the reason for the International Day of Presents. So I've invited a world-class speaker to come and share a reading this morning. Uh, can we welcome up uh, Sophie? And she's going to read from 
Ephesians 2. And while she comes up, um, can the choir come up uh, and the band? Hey, Sophie. Ephesians 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of his incredible wealth and his grace and kindness shown towards us, as shown all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago.